Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. Well, it's Jim Dawes here on Right Now. Coming to you from the beautiful citrus groves of Indian River County, Florida. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and illusion is usually king. But in the battle for survival of Western civilization, it's going to be reality and not illusion or delusion that will determine the future. I have to remind you that the views expressed here are not necessarily those of the management, staff, owners, or sponsors of the station you're listening to. They're my views, the views of our guests, the views of our callers. And you're welcome to call in and leave a voicemail that we can use on the air at 772-245-0750. That number is 772-245-0750. Well, I'm getting a little late to the podcast this morning. Things are kind of hectic here at the Dawes household, and they're kind of hectic in our politics, too, because after being drugged through the mud for almost three years where the radical Dems have insisted that the President of the United States is a traitor and a puppet of a hostile foreign power, we find out none of that is true, that we've been taken for a ride. But do you see any contrition or apologies coming from the Democrats or their media mouthpieces? no. They're just moving right on to collusion. And they're talking about holding the new Attorney General Bill Barr in contempt. Basically for taking about three weeks to redact the Mueller report. Now the Mueller report was supposed to have been delivered to Bill Barr in redacted fashion, but Robert Mueller and his henchman Andrew Weissman ignored that pretty plain directive and instead delivered it unredacted, knowing that Bill Barr was going to have to take the time to do it himself. So Bill Barr, responding to the Democrats' demands that he release the results of the report, releases a bottom line, no conspiracy, no collusion, no coordination with the Trump campaign in Russia. You would have thought that that would have satisfied People, if they were actually, if they actually ever believed it, they never believed any of that. They knew it was a hoax. They knew that the Obama's intelligence and law enforcement agencies had attempted to frame Trump. And then Mueller and Weissman go on to write this uh, second volume in which they, it, it reads like a dossier itself. We can call this document the Mueller dossier, where he smears Donald Trump and implies and uh, that all of these actions that Donald Trump took to try to defend himself but uh, from an obviously conflicted prosecutor somehow amounted to obstruction of justice. 
and it's full of innuendo and and uh, smears. But then at the very end of it, very similar to what James Comey did with Hillary Clinton, he lays out this case, except for the case against Donald Trump, is is a purely fabrication. And then he says, well, I can't make up my mind. And the media tells you that he couldn't make up his mind because there's an opinion from the Office of Special Counsel in the Department of Justice that says that you're not in, uh, allowed to indict a sitting president, and you can't. Because the remedy uh, for a corrupt or criminal chief executive under our Constitution is impeachment. You see, the President of the United States runs the Department of Justice. It would be a corrupt enterprise if you tried to use the President's own employees to indict and prosecute him. So one of the few very few law enforcement uh, um, functions that the legislative branch controls is the impeachment of the president of the United States. But that hasn't stopped old Nancy Pelosi and Al Green and uh, uh, Adam Schiff and Swalwell and this, this other cast of lunatic characters from the Democrats from continuing to try to undermine this president. You would have thought that they would have been somewhat chastened and embarrassed by the lies that they got caught in over the last two and a half years, but they have not missed a beat. They're moving right on to obstruction, obstruction, I might add, of a crime that they now know never happened and is, in fact, and will be shown to be an attempt at entrapment by the Obama uh, White House coordinating with the Hillary Clinton campaign using these political hacks at the CIA, John Brennan, the FBI, James Comey, and the uh, DNI, Jim Clapper. So they're trying to pretend that uh, they're going to get Trump on obstruction. They're not talking about collusion anymore. They're talking about obstruction And they're saying, you know, we have to impeach this man. And as a proxy for Trump, they're going after Bill Barr. They're trying to smear him, dirty him up, uh, ruin his good name that he spent 40 years in Washington building. And you probably saw yesterday where you've got this, this gaggle of former federal prosecutors. I think they're numbering in the 400s now that have signed on to this letter that says that were it not for Trump being the president of the United States, he would have been indicted for obstruction of justice. Well, um, I guess for a dirty prosecutor and a dishonest one and one who lets political considerations color their prosecutorial decisions, that yes, that may be true. And 400 former federal prosecutors is nothing. That leaves about 10,000 or more that did not sign this letter, letter. And I'm not at all surprised that they were able to find 400 or so former federal prosecutors that, that are this political and, and put their political ideology, let it color their decisions, prosecutorial decisions. They have shown that they will, in fact, compromise the law for politics because, once again, it is never their decision or their place to make uh, judgments 
on the Department of Justice after they leave. But the left have become very skilled and very expert at being divisive and, and exercising this politics of personal destruction. When you read Bill Barr's actual report, I mean, uh, the, the Mueller's actual report and Bill Barr's justification for the decision, which he, he talked to Robert Mueller three times, and, and three times Robert Mueller told him that the Office of Special Counsel's opinion that you could not indict a sitting president did not enter into his non-decision on obstruction of justice. The truth of the matter is, in all of this, that Donald Trump never took any actual action that impaired the investigation. Now, he considered it, and he would have had to been um, a fool not to consider it. Because the fact of the matter is, Robert Mueller was uh, fatally conflicted on this from the get-go. How in the world is Robert Mueller going to make a decision on obstruction of justice for firing Jim Comey, his former protege at the FBI, longtime uh, Mueller was uh, Comey's longtime mentor. I wonder if the, if the 400 former federal prosecutors have an opinion on whether Robert Mueller should have been disqualified for his conflicts of interest. If Robert Mueller took an indictment to the President of the United States for obstruction of justice, all the defense attorney would have to do is stand up and say, oh, excuse me, Mr. Prosecutor, aren't you the former mentor of the person that you're charging this guy with an obstruction of justice offense for firing? And, of course, the answer would be yes, and he'd be laughed out of court. But it's a neat little trick that they pulled here. They, uh, they, they give this... this um, false meme that they're putting together a uh, a patina of legitimacy by getting a bunch of well uh most of them all but a, a handful are lifelong civil servants and and they give that legitimacy by saying well they served in the bush administration and they served in the eisenhower administration and they served under uh, uh ronald reagan what they don't tell you and what most people don't realize, and this was on purpose, is uh, when an administration comes into office, they, they, they litter the departments with political appointees. These are people that they're giving payback for helping them get elected or in their political career before that. And when they're leaving office, at the end of their administration, what they do is they help these political uh, appointees burrow into the bureaucracy, the deep state, by getting them civil service positions, which it is damn near impossible to fire them from. So you look at this list of people that signed on to the station, uh, this statement, and you find out that there are a bunch of dyed-in-the-wool Democrats that have probably been drunk watching MSNBC for the last two and a half years and are psychically wounded because Donald Trump wasn't proven to be an agent of Vladimir Putin. And this, pro, this whole uh, effort was put together by a, an organization called Project Justice. 
No, I'm sorry, Project Democracy, the Justice Project. And when you look at their board and their um, panel of advisors, you find out that they're all a bunch of never-Trumpers. They're all a bunch of uh, George W. Bushies. They're all a bunch of leftist Democrats who uh, have an axe to grind against the President of the United States, and they don't have the integrity to allow justice to play out. They've got to become part of this effort to try to smear Donald Trump after you squandered the first two years of his presidency with the Russia hoax. You got Mona Charon on there. Mona Charon got booed out of the last conservative uh, uh, political action committee, CPAC uh, conference. Got Linda Chavez, a devout never-Trumper, Matthew Dowd, Another one of these uh, never-Trumpers. You got Kazir Khan. Recognize that name, Kazir Khan? He's, a, he's on the board of advisors. He is the so-called constitutional rights advocate that before he came to the United States, he was the one uh, that uh, you know shook the Constitution at us at the Democrat National Convention and claimed that Donald Trump had, had besmirched his son's name because his son was a a Muslim that was killed in the line of duty. Well, it turns out before Kazir Khan became, came to the United States and started advocating for so-called constitutional rights, he wrote books advocating for Sharia law. Oh, you're not allowed to notice that. I'm going to have to push through here. Apparently, the landscapers decided it was a great idea to show up outside the studio window and start mowing, so I apologize if any of that comes through on the broadcast. But this whole um, charade that's been put back, uh, together by Project Democracy and given legitimacy by the New York Times and the Washington Post is nothing but a smear job that they're using former federal prosecutors to do. If you dig deep into this list, I promise you, you can go online and look it up. of them are former political appointees who are able to burrow in to uh, the uh, civil service positions at the Justice Department that were originally appointed by Democrats, Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, and Obama. And the ones that aren't are Bush acolytes that are still grinding that axe uh, when Donald Trump beat Jeb to prevent us from having a a ruling dynasty in this country. Here's uh, what I think about their letter. It is not worth taking to the bathroom with you because it's too rough. And that's really the only thing that it would serve any useful purpose for. What I want to ask the Democrats, if, if, if you can't let this go, if you can't accept the fact that you've been exposed as promoting this myth that Donald Trump collaborated with Vladimir Putin, then go ahead and impeach, for God's sakes. Get it over with. Get it Get it going. You, you're bound and determined that we're supposed to believe that the president is somehow unfit for office. Well, go ahead and impeach already. Hell, they're even afraid to censure. They have another option toward them. They can, they can censure the president. They don't even have to have a conviction in the Senate in order to do that. 
They're not going to do either of these because they know that the American people are sick and tired of their political BS, their bull crap. I can't say the other word on the air. And we would punish them for that. Think of these 40 or so House Democrats who won in, in, uh, in, in uh, districts that voted for Trump that were convinced that Donald Trump may be a, a Putin puppet and ended up voting for the Democrats. And now they've been exposed as liars too. Consider what would happen to those 40 Democrats that uh, were able to flip those districts if they were to vote for impeachment. Hell, only about 56% of the Democrats' own lunatics' uh, fringe support impeachment. 38% are opposed to it. Among Republicans, there's 4% that, that support impeachment. Those are the never-Trumpers. They're getting, that number's getting smaller and smaller every day. And 95% of Republicans are opposed to impeachment. Among independents, that's the real swing vote. You've got 27% in favor and a full 70% opposed to impeachment. Go ahead, Democrats. Make my day. Impeach. Overall, 66% of the American public oppose impeachment. And Nancy Pelosi is trying the best she can to rein in her lunatic fringe in the Democrat Party and and tell them what's going to happen, the natural result for this effort to impeach. But they ought not to uh, be allowed politically by the media to keep beating this drum for impeachment if they're not going to go through with it. It's not a complicated effort. Jerry Nadler, the rotund one, he had a a lap band put on and uh, came down to about half his former size, but he's still humongous, the humongous little New Yorker. All he has to do is bring it to a vote and put it out on the floor. Let's see how many of those 40 Democrats from Trump districts would go for it. Everybody says, oh, absolutely, the House would would, uh, impeach. I think they'd have a pretty hard time getting those uh, those 40 Democrats elected from Trump districts to vote in favor and basically uh, kill uh, their political future. They are charlatans and fools, these Democrats. It is a party based on hoaxes and lies and misrepresentations, climate change, the Russia hoax, the whole idea of Black Lives Matter that somehow um, police officers are disproportionately targeting black people just minding their own business. You had crazy old Al Green. He's the guy that looks like the um, the guy from the Geico commercial, the Neanderthal from the Geico commercial, he was on MSNBC, and um, he sort of flipped the whole script on his head and said, uh, you know, impeaching is not going to ensure Donald Trump's elected election. The failure to impeach will ensure his election. 
You've been calling for uh, starting articles of impeachment since 2017, but a new Quinnipiac poll taken after the release of the redacted Mueller report found that 66% say Congress should not start impeachment proceedings. And there's a sharp partisan divide, as we all know, with only 4% of Republicans favoring impeachment. Congressman, are you concerned that impeachment talk may actually help the president's reelection? I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. You know, the truth of the matter is the president's uh, going to sail to re-election anyway. Old Joe Biden, crazy Joe Biden, who is the uh, odds-on favorite. The, apparently the Democrats don't have the conviction, the courage of their convictions to nominate a minority or a woman. They're so desperate to, pe- uh, to beat Trump, they'll even nominate old, wore-out, sleepy Joe Biden. But, um, you know, they're, they're afraid if they impeach him, he'll get re-elected, and they're afraid if they don't impeach him, he'll get re-elected may actually help the president's re-election? I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get re-elected. If we don't impeach him, he will say he has been vindicated. He will say the Democrats had an overwhelming majority in the House and they didn't take up impeachment. He has been vindicated. In the eyes of the law, he has been vindicated. He's not guilty of any high crimes or misdemeanors. Now, if the political uh, powers that be in this country choose to impeach him and if the senate were to choose to convict him and remove him from office then that is a legitimate constitutional um, prerogative but they're scared to do it they want their cake and they want to eat it too they want to talk about impeachment all the way up through the election season but they don't want to actually go out on that limb so it can be sawed off behind them He will say that we had a constitutional duty to do it if it was there, and we didn't. He will say that he has been vindicated. But here's what I say. We're confronting a constitutional crisis as I speak to you. As I look the people of America in the eye, I'm telling you we have a constitutional crisis. When the chief executive officer, the president of the United States, refuses to comply with subpoenas and says he will order others to do so, this creates a constitutional crisis. But this isn't the genesis of it. It started when the president decided he would fire Mr. Comey for his uh, failure, uh, pardon me, as a result of his desire not to be investigated. Says the Geico caveman. You'll notice that Al Green wasn't all over TV talking about uh, you had to impeach Barack Obama for failure to to comply with the numerous subpoenas that Congress threw at him. He just ignored it. And, and moved right on. There was no talk of impeachment back then because, of course, Barack Obama is the chosen one and the media weren't going to allow any talk of impeachment of the chosen one. I heard this clip. This is uh, from the Young Turks. It's, uh, they, they've actually got them uh, a cable channel. Nobody's trying to censor them or shut them down, no, no matter the fact that they uh, they. Com- completely traffic in bogus conspiracy theories. This is what passes as legal analysis from the staff at the Young Turks. So Attorney General William Barr told us yesterday that, nope, he is definitely not going to release the full unredacted Mueller report, but he will release a redacted report very soon. Um, not good enough, but... Um, not good enough. Well... There's a little thing called the law that makes grand jury testimony 
sacrosanct. You're not allowed to release it because in a grand jury proceeding, there is no um, a chance to cross-examine witnesses. There is the, the witnesses are not even allowed to have an attorney present. It is sort of a star chamber. It's left over from old common law. It serves a purpose. You always hear that a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich, and that's because they only get one side of the story. And it is totally prejudicial and un, um, it, it, it is against our jurisprudence to release it. And just recently, the Washington, D.C. court, in, despite the fact that it's stacked with a bunch of Obama appointees, the Court of Appeals ruled that, yes, you cannot release uh, this grand jury material. We're coming up on a break, and I've got, I really want to get all the way through this. We'll, we'll just dip a, a toe back in here. I guess it's something, right? But here's the thing. And this is what several former members of the Justice Department have several actually been out there members. saying recently. And that is, Barr already jumped the gun and overstepped his authority by immediately clearing Donald Trump of obstruction of justice. He, as the Attorney General of the United States, he looked at these facts as presented by a very biased prosecutor and determined that they, were, they didn't constitute obstruction of justice. Now, if, if the House Democrats want to disagree, that is perfectly their prerogative. Go for it. Impeach. I dare you. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, and then we're going to look about the Orwellian censorship on social media right after these messages. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So as we went out to the break, we were listening to this um, doofus, Baron Cousins. Baron Cousins of the Young Turks. They've got a cable channel. They spout gibberish and BS all day long. You can't get uh, any sort of conservative voice. They kept Breitbart off of cable and were being censored in so- social media uh, in a very Orwellian fashion. And we're going to talk about that a little later on in the show. But Baron Cousins is up here talking utter nonsense. And this is what passes for legal analysis on the left side of the political spectrum. And their followers are so poorly educated and poorly uh, unable to reason or think critically that they buy this kind of stuff hook, line, and sinker to the point where 56% of Democrats 
want to impeach the president after he was found not guilty of the charges that they've been smearing him for for the last two and a half years based on an obstruction of justice of a crime that never happened because he explored the possibility of firing Robert Mueller for obvious conflicts of interest. Back to this clip. According to them, that wasn't Barr's decision to make, actually, even though Mueller kicked it over to them. In fact, that decision, according to the U.S. Constitution, should reside within Congress. Well, you're about half right there. It is perfectly within Barr's prerogatives to decide whether or not any criminal charges are called for. And yes, you cannot indict a sitting president, according to the Office of Special Counsel, but Barr said that he was making a determination on that independent of that opinion from the Office of of Legal Counsel, and that even absent that opinion, there is not a case of obstruction of justice there. Now, the Constitution does give the authority to the House of Representatives on whether or not to impeach a president because it's not going to be very successful getting the president's own Department of Justice to prosecute him. So, yeah, you're going to have to go over there for impeachment. But the Democrats know there's no case for impeachment either, and yet they continue to want to have their cake and eat it too by claiming that Trump's guilty of something but failing to do anything about it because they know, as I said, that the American people will see all of this as a bunch of BS. Specifically, the House of Representatives. Oh, gee. And the reasoning is because the House of Representatives has the sole authority to begin impeachment proceedings. And if the president did commit obstruction of justice, that would absolutely be something that would be an impeachable offense. But because they have that power in the House, they should not only have access to the full unredacted Mueller report, but Barr should have never said a word about the obstruction of justice to begin with. Well, why is that, Baron Cousins? Barr didn't say uh, that the House can't impeach. He simply said there's no, char- there's no case here for a criminal charge of obstruction of justice. And he's simply complying with the law when he redacts classified information or grand jury material from his report. Anything less would be a criminal offense, a felony. Oh, my God. These people are so stupid, it makes your head hurt. Dershowitz, a lifelong leftist who at least has the integrity to stay true to the law as written, here's his opinion on whether or not there was any obstruction. No, I don't. And I think if Congress ever were to charge him with obstruction of justice for exercising his constitutional authority under Article 2, we'd have a constitutional crisis. You cannot charge a president with obstruction of justice for exercising his constitutional power to fire Comey and his constitutional authority to tell the Justice Department who to investigate, who not to investigate. That's what Thomas Jefferson did. That's what Lincoln did. That's what Roosevelt did. We have precedents that clearly establish that when George Bush, the first pardon Casper Weinberger in order to end the investigation that would have led to him. Nobody suggested obstruction of justice. For obstruction of justice by the president, you need clearly illegal acts. With Nixon, hush money paid, telling people to lie, destroying evidence. Even with Clinton, 
They said that he tried to influence potential witnesses not to tell the truth. But there's never been a case in history where a president has been charged with obstruction of justice for merely exercising his constitutional authority. That would cause a constitutional crisis in the United States. And I hope Mueller doesn't do that. And Senator Feinstein simply doesn't know what she's talking about when she says it's obstruction of justice to do what a president is completely right. authorized to do under the Constitution. So let me get- and by the way, which he he never did. He never did actually go through with firing Mueller. He fired James Comey. And everybody in Washington, D.C. said he should have been in fire, uh, fired by the time. But that didn't end the investigation. James Comey had made an absolute mess overstepping his authority by clearing Hillary Clinton. It was never his place to determine whether or not to prosecute Hillary Clinton. All his job was as director of FBI was present the evidence to Loretta Lynch and let her make the decision. She didn't want to handle that hot potato because it was quite obvious that she had, in fact, committed serial violations of the Espionage Act. So as a proxy for impeaching or censoring or arresting the President of the United States, they're going after poor old Bill Barr, who, bless his heart, for coming out of retirement and taking all this heat to try to restore some integrity and confidence at the Department of Justice and the FBI, has become their new whipping boy. They want to go out. They want to send their sergeant of arms from the House of Representatives to go out and find Bill Barr and arrest him and throw him in the clink. Are you talking about just having him sit for a hearing or or locking him up somehow? This is this crazy uh, chicken-eating representative from suburban Memphis, uh, Tennessee. Uh, you have to have him sit for a hearing, and I think you have to have him locked up unless he, he agrees to participate and come to the hearing. The House and the Senate, each chamber has an inherent power to compel. This is the midget that used to head the Department of uh, Labor under uh, Clinton. What was his name? The little uh, werewolf-looking dude, about five feet tall. Him and Donna Shalala always used to stand out there on the, the far end of the lineup. Look like uh, some sort of characters out of the Wizard of Oz. A witness to testify if that witness just refuses. And that includes arrest and even includes jail. The House is powerless unless the House... Robert Reich, that's his name. He He wants the sergeant of arms to go out and arrest Bill Barr. Do they actually even have a jail? I would like to see... The forces of the House of Representatives go out to arrest Bill Barr and see how uh, the FBI and and all the other uh, law enforcement forces that Bill Barr has at his disposal react to that. Pell, a witness to testify if that witness just refuses, and that includes arrest and even includes jail. The House is powerless unless the House takes some action. We have what's called inherent contempt proceedings, which means we send the sergeant. (laughs) Oh, my God, these people are lunatics. The only legitimate authority that the House of Representatives has to rein in or remove somebody in the executive branch is there are their powers of impeachment. You want to talk about a constitutional crisis? You start sending 
the sergeant of arms of the House of Representatives out to arrest the Attorney General of the United States, and you'll see a constitutional crisis very similar to what you see in these third world nations. But you know what? We're almost at that point, ladies and gentlemen. We've allowed these lunatic Democrats to go on this uh, this uh, campaign of uh, duplicity and deception for so long that they've backed themselves into a corner where they're actually out there beating the drums for, to go to send the House Sergeant at Arms to go arrest the Attorney General of the United States. It's jail. The House is powerless unless the House takes some action. We have what's called inherent contempt proceedings, which means we send the sergeant of arms out to handcuff the individual okay. who is declining who to testify. Well, I'm going to start with um, Mr. Barr. <laughs> that was an actual congresswoman from out in California where they really grow them uh, crazy. And all of this is based on a crime that never happened, an obstruction that never occurred, because Bill Barr won't release grand jury testimony in the Mueller report that he is legally prohibited from releasing. Now, he has produced a report that is more lightly redacted than the public one, and he has set it up in a, uh, a, a room in the basement of the Capitol building and allowed them to see it, but only two members of Congress have come to review that, both Republicans. The rest of them don't want any um, any taint on them if and when that uh, report is ultimately leaked from the Department of Justice. They don't want to be able to be accused of that. So I got a question for you. Are you, uh, are you ready for Mother's Day? Have you gotten your gift and uh, sent it to your mother, got it on the way. If you haven't, you need to do it now. You do not want Sunday to roll around with you not having done anything from dear, for dear old mom. And I would urge you to go over to blazewildrice.com. That's blazewildrice.com and look at this promotion they're holding for a gift crate from Minostalgia. You can go to minostalgia.com too, but uh, Blaze Wild Rice is a little easier to remember. This is a, a gift crate for mom with wild rice pancake mix and delicious all-natural maple syrup. It's also got some hazelnut honey in there with some delicious homemade blueberry jam and a beautiful scented soy candle for her to, uh, to relax and enjoy. And if you order now, you can get a 10% discount on this Mother's Day crate simply by giving the promo code MOM10. That's MOM10. Don't get left out. It's Sunday. You got to get it in. Don't miss it. Time flies. And you do not want to be one to have forgotten your dear old mom after all she's done for you. So I want to talk a little bit about in the time we've got left social media censorship. We really are coming up on an Orwellian um, dystopian society where anybody who has verboten views, and that means conservative views, are being silenced by the corporate media. There is a full court press 
against conservatives in the run-up to the 2020 election. And it's not easy to do anything about because the Congress of the United States and Barack Obama signed the bill, gave Facebook and Twitter and these other social media platforms exemptions from lawsuits because they claimed that they are not edit, they are not uh, curating editorial content. They are simply a platform for other people to speak. So now they're having, trying to have their cake and eat it too. They want to have exemption from lawsuit, but they want to determine who is allowed and who is not allowed to speak on their platform. And this is sort of like the story of the frog in the pot. Uh, you know, if you turn up the heat, if you put a frog in a pot and you turn up the heat a little by, if you turn it, if you put a frog in a boiling pot, the frog will jump out. But if you put the frog in a pot and you turn up the heat just a little at a time, pretty soon you will have a boiled frog. And nobody complained when everybody, uh, when all of these social media co- uh, companies banned Alex Jones and his info wars from their platforms. Well, Alex Jones is obviously a crazy man. He rants and raves, and he says things that we don't like. And he's a conspiracy theorist. The very notion that these mainstream media liars are accusing Alex Jones of being a conspiracy theorist after spending the last two and a half years engaged in a nonstop conspiracy theory against the president of the United States is laughable. But now that they've gotten away with banning Alex Jones and nobody said anything and they were allowed to get away with it, they've expanded their universe. They've gone after antiwar.com. Antiwar.com is, uh, is sort of in the old America first tradition of keeping our nose out of other people's business and not sending our sons and daughters off to foreign lands to die in wars that are of no discernible American national interest. They've been banned banned from social media you got laura lomer who writes for the gateway pundit and is uh, one of these sort of uh, aggressive reporters that uh, that ambushes people and puts a microphone in their face and asks them difficult questions we can't have that 60 minutes has been doing it for generations against conservatives but if laura lomer tries that same technique she's got to be banned James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, who has done journalistic work that in any other times would have earned them Pulitzer Prizes and and, uh, all sorts of accolades, have been banned. The Drudge Report and Breitbart have been banned. You don't see the Southern Poverty Law Center on there, despite the fact that they've engaged in smearing people. You don't see Antifa. They, they say that these uh, conservative voices are dangerous. But Antifa has scores of Facebook and Twitter users and groups on their sites. To this day, they have not been banned. They actually mobilize for mass violence in the streets against their political opponents. They're fine. We can't, well, we can't ban Antifa, but we cannot have antiwar.com on there. And as I say, you don't see the New York Times or the Washington Post being banned. They have, they have uh, trafficked in the biggest conspiracy hoax probably in the history of this country for the last two and a half years. But they're fine. 
We got to ban Breitbart and Drudge, though, because well, they're dangerous. They give opposing points of view that we just cannot allow in the public uh, debate. And I will tell you that I am being uh, uh, shadow banned and downlisted and hidden from um, from view on Facebook and Twitter. If you happen to find my channel, usually it's because you've gone directly to it. And if you do happen to be listening to this, please do me a favor. Go share it with your friends. Make sure that you go directly to my page every day and listen to this show, because otherwise you will be at the, the mercy of allowing these social media companies, Twitter, Jack Dorsey, and, um, and Mark Zuckerberg, on whether or not you will be allowed to see this. Here's Zuckerberg talking about, the, and you tell me that this doesn't sound like something right out of a Or- Orwell novel talking about uh, their new policy. We're taking a more proactive role in making sure that all of our partners and developers use our services for good. We're very focused on making sure that our recommendations and discovery surfaces um, aren't highlighting groups where people are repeatedly sharing misinformation or harmful content, and we're working hard uh, to completely remove groups if, if they exist primarily to, to violate our policies or, um, or, or do things that are dangerous. See, if you're engaging in something that Mark Zuckerberg doesn't think is good, or you're engaging in something that Mark Zuckerberg says is misinformation, that is, he disagrees with, then you will not be able to be discovered on his platform. And if you do something that's really egregious, like, oh, I don't know, putting on a black mask, carrying clubs in the streets and attacking people, in setting arson fires and attacking police officers, oh, well, that's anti for that's okay for them. But if you're on the wrong side of the political spectrum, they'll ban you from their platforms. Hell, you don't even have to actually engage in any of that. They can just deem you dangerous. They, they deem uh, Laura Lomer dangerous because she went and asked to speak to somebody at Facebook on why she had been banned from their platform. And Laura Lomer, let's face it, Laura Lomer and uh, Paul Joseph Watson and InfoWars, they, uh, they depended on these, their, their monopolies, their duopolies, I guess, Facebook and Twitter, to get their message out. And they have actually created a, a, a way of making a living through journalism on these platforms. They're banned now. Their livelihood has been stripped from them. Oh, they're private companies, Jim. You can't tell private companies what to do. That's not uh, what the First Amendment protects. Yeah, well, the First Amendment uh, or the uh, Constitution also says that you can't have monopolies. And the federal government have empowered Facebook and Twitter as a duopoly through their legislation and buying, uh, pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, campaign contributions for politicians in Washington. And now they're turning around and deciding what is and is not permissible speech. Well, why don't they make their own platforms? Why don't, why don't conservatives make their own platforms, Jim? Have their own um, censorship. Well, Andrew Torba 
created Gab to try to get around the censorship on on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Google. And guess what? They decided, well, you can't have a competing platform. And they at one point, they even had his uh, Internet service provider take him off the air. They had him demonetized. They made it so that uh, he couldn't accept payments from Facebook or, or um, uh, MasterCard or Visa. And I, I do think that people ought to go over to Gab and sign up. If you uh, if you don't want to leave Twitter altogether, you can click a button on Gab that will also share your posts to Twitter. But leaving yourself uh, totally at the mercy of Jack Dorsey and his uh, his company that is made up of a bunch of far leftists that uh, sanction and turn a blind eye to Antifa while at the same time banning uh, 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 pages like Drudge or Breitbart. We will never be able to compete politically in this new social media environment if our uh, leading spokespeople are not allowed to speak. Here's Andrew Torba uh, talking about what they did to him and Gab. So when we founded Gab uh, about a year ago, uh, we founded it specifically to avoid this purpose. I didn't want to police speech. Um, I believed in free speech for everybody, individual liberty for everybody, and the free flow of information for everybody. But they don't. Correct, yes. So uh, what's happening in Silicon Valley right now is they're using these arbitrary hate speech policies, which is stemming right out of Germany and out of the EU, and they're applying these to the entire Internet. So the left likes to say, well, if you don't like the hate speech policies of Facebook and Twitter, why don't you go build your own? So that's what we did. And now what they're doing is they're saying, you're not allowed to do that either. We're not going to let you have your app in our app stores. Uh, You have a duopoly of Facebook or uh, of, of Google and Apple. Apple that own and control 95% of the market, both on mobile hardware and on software distribution on that mobile hardware. So how are we supposed to compete? How are we supposed to build an alternative platform uh, when we're not allowed to you know, be in these app stores? Uh, what we're seeing is a, a pretty classic duopoly, right? You, see, you have Apple and Google, um, again, controlling and owning 95 plus percent of uh, mobile hardware and mobile software. So, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in the free market, but I think that the free market is rigged by these two companies. And I think that Gab yes. is a, a pretty solid example of, uh, you know, that anti-competitive behavior in action. It absolutely is. And in any normal times, this would not be allowed. But... We're not living in normal times. We're living in a time where they're trying, they're, they're making their final push toward Marxism in the United States, and they cannot allow opposing points of view because they cannot allow the truth to come out. And let's face it, Facebook and Twitter being allowed to dominate such a huge portion of the social media market are monopolies, and they should be broken up. But you will never, ever get the media behind this effort because guess what? Despite what we've been told when we were growing up about the sanctity of the First Amendment and the right to free speech, our media now is all on board with censorship. Why are they doing this now? Well, it's a good question as to why they waited this long, but... Um, yes, they, they, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, so Alex, has, Alex Jones has been banned from Facebook for a long period of time, but now they banned him. They banned his like little underling, Paul Joseph Watson. Now that they kicked him off the platform, 
his little underling, Paul Joseph Watson. Paul Joseph Watson has put together a lot of compelling content calling out the hypocrisy of the left. He has never advocated violence. He's never been dangerous. He's never trafficked in conspiracy theories. You can't smear him with the same brush as Alex Jones. But because he is associated with Alex Jones, they're doing guilt by association because they don't like what Paul Joseph Watson say, uh, has to say. Like a little underling, Paul Joseph Watson. Now that they kick them off the platform, that's great for now, but it doesn't roll back the clock. You have- that's great for now. Can we go back and uh, eliminate uh, their history too? Put that down the memory hole? Now that they kick them off the platform, that's great for now, but it doesn't roll back the clock. But you have also excesses in the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, right? Oh, God, here's this lunatic over there at The View. Why she is allowed to claim that she's part of the ABC News is one of the uh, great travesties in, um, in the uh, history of American media. Excesses in the First Amendment and the Second Amendment right now. You know, I don't think that the, for- the forefathers said, well, you can say, you know, all sorts of hateful things and spread it around the world, literally spread it through the Internet. Yes, the forefathers did say that. They said that you can say exactly what you want to say. And as long as it wasn't inciting violence or creating a riot, that you were free to give your opinion. And now we've got the media determining that Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey should be the arbiters of what is and is not acceptable speech in this country, and something has got to be done about it. We're headed down the same road uh, as China, where you've got a social media, you've got a social score, and if you utter unacceptable or verboten opinions, then you will be punished. Your livelihood will be taken away. You will be hounded out of the colleges and universities. You will be doxxed and attacked in the street by these left-wing goons. They are using the power of these platforms, including Google, to crush conservatives. And if something isn't done about it, Pretty soon, they're going to elect one of these uh, these lunatic Democrats to the, be the next president of the United States so they can uh, take the opportunity to consolidate their grip on what's, what is and isn't acceptable points of view. Because in this case, political censorship is voter suppression. If you can't get your message out to your voters, then that really is voter suppression. Well, that takes us to the end of another edition of Ameri- of uh, Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us. I invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo Five O Radio Network and on Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and Spotify. Take care, people. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. 
Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home.